we have a false definition of strength. And until we rewrite our definition of strength to actually be when I am weaker is when I'm stronger. Because when I'm weaker, I can get my help that I need. When I'm weaker, I can take a break. Welcome to Black Girl Voices, a podcast created to cultivate change through conversation, community, and education while centering, uplifting, and amplifying the voices of Black women, girls, and femmes. Here we will talk about everything from trending topics to Black history to our own personal experiences as Black women. It's like a coffee chat with your best girlfriends. You will laugh, cry, keep it real, and most importantly, get uncomfortable. We're your hosts, Siobhan Montgomery Haynes and Caroline J. Sumlin. Come on in, girl. We have a lot to talk about. Hello, welcome or welcome back. This is uh, Black Girl Voices, and my name is Siobhan Montgomery Haynes. I am content creator and online educator, and. And I'm Caroline J. Sumlin, co-founder of Black Girl Voices, and also an online educator, writer, speaker, all the things. And we are here, today's episode, um, even though we are recording this while it's currently happening, because you record podcasts, obviously, beforehand, (laughs) before they launch. Um, By the time you listen to this, it'll, you know, this this will already kind of have been said and done. But um, we are talking today about the Olympics, and of course, we're talking about our girl, Queen, go herself. Yes, Simone. We're just we're just gonna give a little pause for a round of applause. So imaginary round of applause here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I absolutely I adore her. I mean, just aside from her being Olympic gold medalist and all of the things, I just adore her story. And I think you can relate a little bit to her story, right? Oh, I absolutely can because she's adopted and so am I. (laughs) So, um, yeah, there's a lot of her story that really resonates, um, with mine. And, um, you know, I definitely, I, no, no one will ever be able to understand the kind of trauma that you go through when you've been through what she's been through. Um, especially from the adopt adoptee perspective, I mean, it's one that she probably doesn't talk about very much. I mean, she's mentioned some things in some interviews. She's got such a classy way of, she, she's very good with the press. She's very good with interviews. So she can definitely speak certain things. Um, and of course not allude to just the amount of trauma that she, um, that she's experienced or just, um, how much pain um, that's in her heart and how painful it is for her to share her story. But from someone who has, um, been through that particular, um, you know, kind of, uh, past, I, I know how she feels. Um, I should say I know exactly how she feels, but I can definitely relate very closely to how right. she feels as an adoptee and, and not only as an adoptee, but one where your, um, your primitive years before you are adopted are quite traumatic in, in, in and up in and of themselves. Um, there's one, you know, it's one thing when you're, neither is less traumatic, but it's one thing when you're adopted from birth and you're handed right over to your adoptive family and you just get to go home to a nice neighborhood. It's another thing when you have to go through a system of foster care or um, abuse or things of that nature um, prior to being adopted for the first few years of your life when those are the most important foundational, you know, years, crucial years for children. So, um, there yeah that's that it's just who it's it's trauma so my I've just for that reason alone I mean she doesn't have to let's put it this way 
she does not have to be the goat for us to love her. She could not be the goat. Just for the fact that she's just an amazing black woman, hands down. We love her because of that. Um, you know, she is nice. She, as she tweeted just the other day, you know, the amount of support that she's received so far with everything that's been going on has shown her that she is not her accomplishment, that she is more than gymnastics. And the fact that she has internalized that she is, that that's all that she is shows she's not speaking why that she internalized that she isn't speaking why that is what it is. But I, I can tell you guys that is connected to adoption right. trauma. Because Absolutely. when you are adopted, you don't think that you're worth anything. And you, you seek out accomplishments and you seek out perfection to prove the worthiness of your existence. And that just goes to show that the greatest gymnast of all time, someone who looks untouchable, is so fragile and so beautiful and so bu- beautifully human. Oh, so much. I love that so much. Yeah. But let's take, it, let's take it back to the tweet. So, yeah she's realizing that she's not her accomplishments and on top of that she was she's so grateful for the the outpouring support that she's been receiving but along with the support she has received so much hate um so let's kind of get into like her decision what what the controversy is so recently i believe she decided to step down uh, is it as from the team no so mental health uh, she didn't step down that. from the team. So she, um, you know, of course she, you know, they, they made it to Tokyo for the Olympics and um, right. right after she competed in prelims so that she had, they had the preliminary competition first to compete for who would be able to represent the team yes. in the all around competition. And um, who would also, the same preliminary goes to you qualifying as an individual for your individual events. And the, uh, and the team, excuse me, qualify the team for the team competition and then also qualifying for the all-around competition and the individual event competition. So there's three competitions in Olympic gymnastics. So there's the team first. In the team competition, you have four people that can compete and you pick three people of the four for each rotation, each apparatus. So three of the okay. four can do floor. Three of the floor can do beam. Three of the floor can do uneven bar. So this allows you to pick your top contenders for each one. So you can have the, the top, the best scores. So for example, Suni Lee is hands down one of the best on uneven bars. So she's definitely going to be, you know, it was Simone and Suni Lee on uneven. Simone was the only one I think that was scheduled to do all four because she is Simone Biles and she is the greatest of all time. And she does so much better than everybody else. She's just beyond, you know, any other gymnast ever. Um, but like, for example, I think uh, like Jordan Childs, I think was scheduled to do floor. So I think it was going to be Simone and Jordan on floor. It was going to be Simone and Jordan on uneven, um, excuse me, Simone and Suni on uneven bars, Simone and Suni on beam. And I don't remember who else was scheduled to do vault whether it was Simone and Suni or whether it was Simone and uh, not Michaela, but uh, Grace McCallum. I can't remember because Grace McCallum's got a pretty strong vault. Um, so either way, you know, it, I'm sorry, it's three, three of each. I'm sorry, three of each. So you could do, okay. I think it was, yeah, my, my bad. I said that wrong, but it was like Simone, Grace and Suni or Simone, Suni and Jordan or Simone, you know, Grace and Jordan, like those combinations right. for one okay, of that the makes four, sense. right? So they did prelims. She didn't have the best prelim performance, but she made it through and she was still on top, which just goes to show because her skills are out of this world, 
she can have a not so good performance and still be number one and still be points ahead of everybody else. And by not so good performance for her prelims, we're talking, I, uh, did she fall off on beam? I can't remember. She fell off on beam during, during the qualifiers for Olympics, but I can't remember exactly what went wrong with her prelim performance. She just was not at her best. She may have fallen off on beam again. I can't remember. So she made it through that right after prelims is when she started getting the twisties. <laughs> so basically like she started getting a lot of anxiety and she started mm -hmm. when it started happening in practice, the anxiety was just really high. And then in practice, she started getting the twisties. The twisties is what gymnasts, the name gymnasts use for a mental block that happens when all of a sudden the control that you have over your body is gone. Your mind wants to do one thing, but your body cannot do what your mind tells it to do. Okay? Right. Because it's a very so, mental sport. Right. Exactly. So she's attempting to do these things and she, you know, to do her twist, to do her performance and she's getting, she got lost in the air. So she started to experience that in her training and then the first, uh, the first um, exercise of the team finals, she um, goes up and she's up on vault. She goes to do her, I forget how to pronounce it, but I think it's the Rochenko double pike something something. And she go and if she had landed that, that move was one that no one had done before really, and it would have been called the vials if she had landed that. Okay. She is supposed to do two and a half twists. Um, in what, like, I think she's supposed to pike, like do a double pike and two and a half twists, something like that. She basically, I could be saying this all wrong. Jim is probably listening to me like, this is terrible, Caroline, you suck, but I'm sorry. I'm doing my best I can. I'm the best I can. Uh, you're doing better than everything. me because <laughs> I, I would have just been like the flips. So you're doing better. <laughs> so, uh, give us some grace, guys. Half, appreciate it. Doing, she's supposed to do two and a half twists. She came out at one, at twist, at, at one and a half. She came out of the twist and she just like, landed forward like literally she's she instead of twisting down and having control she got lost in the air and just came down magically landed on her feet and like my, and mind you guys this is so important because it's that it's so important for her to have mental control because the moves that she executes are so difficult that if she lands them wrong she can die yeah exactly she, she, could, she die. could die she could be very severely injured very very terrible things can happen no matter what no matter who you are, no matter what your, what your profession or thing is that you do, whether you are the greatest gymnast of all time or whether you are a tennis coach who teaches three-year-olds in Minneapolis somewhere, it does not matter who you are. You, that is never worth your health. No matter what we do, right. we live in a society that is treated that, our, that, that, has, that has taught us or trained us that our performances, especially the performances of Black people, especially the performances of Black women, but really all of us, our performances are worth more than us as humans and our health and our well-being. And that is not true. Um, so anyway, that said, she fell out of that. She fell out of it in the air. She came. She landed. Thank God she landed and she was okay. And she realized something was up. She realized that she cannot risk not only her health, but also her own team from getting a medal. Because if she's performing like that, she very well could have knocked everybody out. And she was like, these girls have worked way too hard for this. This is all of their first Olympics. This is my second. Like right. she does not, being the greatest of all time, that, that, that's how you are a true leader is you are putting your team above yourself. Like that's, 
that shows the grace and the class that she has to say, hey, I'm going to make sure our team gets a medal for the love of God, at least, versus me going out here because I'm Simone Biles and I'm supposed to be Simone Biles and risking it for everybody else. But more importantly, risking my own physical health that could just kill the, the remainder of my career. It's one thing to have career accomplishments at the Olympics, but then you know, you risk yourself than not even having a career after that. She could land and she could be physically, she could be permanently paralyzed. She could be right. permanently handicapped. And she's got more to do, even if it's not g Olympic gymnastics. She's, you know, she still has more to do with her life. Like, this is not it. So she deserves to have every opportunity and to not risk it because everyone in the world puts so much pressure on her to be Simone Biles. Um, yeah. So she pulled out for that reason. And, um, you know, her team was uh, consistent in saying medical evaluation, um, that they, they would be, she'd be medically evaluated every day to determine whether or not she would compete in anything else. So at that point, it was just a team competition. The team went on to win silver, which is great. Um, silver medalists are awesome. So they've got the silver. And, um, and yes, of course, congrats to Team USA. Really excited to see the first Hmong American um, on that team. Um, and she's also from St. Paul, Minnesota, my hometown. Woo -woo. Um, two Minnesotans on that team, actually. <laughs> really excited about that. Um, and then uh, she continued to pull out uh, the all-around. She pulled out the individual all-around competition. So Suni okay. Lee took the gold on that. So first among American take the gold. So still repping for women of color. So she pulled out the individual all-around. Um, she's been medically evaluated every single day. Like I said, they said it was a medical evaluation. Um, and by that, I think what, what that's been looking like is she's been continuing with training to see how she's whether or not she still has the twisties. Um, and she does. She actually has been, she posted about it and she even posted a video of her practicing in her Instagram stories. I follow her. I'm a fan. Um, and so she posted in her Instagram stories and that's since been deleted, but you can actually see it on YouTube because you know how people are. And it shows her doing um, uneven bars and doing her usual thing, but trying to dismount and still not able to land. I mean, she's, She's only able to even practice this because she's got thousands of things, pits of foam underneath her to allow right. her to practice safely. Safely. But if she was doing this on a hard competition floor, it would be over. So this is how she's being medically evaluated. I'm sure among other things, I'm sure as far as, you know, her, her mental health and things of that nature. Um, and didn't you know, I so read somewhere that they also had issues getting her medication to Tokyo? I have not heard that, but I don't I know. I think I read somewhere that th they had issues getting her medication to Tokyo. I don't know if it's anxiety medication. I didn't really look into that, but I was reading into that. And that was like another added mm. um, hurdle that they were, you know, having to jump through. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, I could totally see that really that, that, that sucks. I mean, you know, she, she's been very vocal about I mean, let's, Simone has been through so much. She is the only survivor of, the Larry Nasser sexual abuse scandal that is on Team USA Gymnastics right now. She hates USA Gymnastics. She has said that vocally. She is not here for USA Gymnastics. She is here for Simone Biles. This is not for this is this is for her girls that are on the team with her. Of course, like right. she's not there for I mean, She's there for them as like she's a team captain. Like she's there to be a role model. She's there to you know. She said she felt like she had to continue because she felt like that would also make Team USA Gymnastics be held accountable, more likely to hold themselves accountable for what happened and how they treated them. Um, because of course, like if everybody just goes away after that, it's so easy to just brush things under the rug. So she she felt like she had to be the one to continue um, and to also literally make sure that she's literally the face of it. She really is and. Um, 
and to make a statement and to also, you know, be here for the younger generation of girls coming up and everything else. Um, but she's, she's everything that she's been through, like, as far as, you know, from the beginning of her life, um, to, you know, to everything that happened with the, with the sexual abuse scandal and to the amount of pressure that, that the world, the media, all of the things puts on not only, of course, all athletes, all, you know, celebrity, all anyone right. who represents something, but especially Simone Biles. Like, ever, like, I don't think I've heard a gymnast say, and not, not say, excuse me, I don't think I've heard any former gymnast not say, no one has, I've never seen the amount of pressure on a single gymnast that I have seen on Simone Biles. And we're talking about people like Nastia Lucan saying this. Allie Raisman has said this. Lori Hernandez has said this. Um, Dominique Dawes has said this. Great. Like all said, the greats have said, no one has the amount of pressure on them that Simone Biles has. And it angers me to my core because this is what's wrong with our society. This is what's wrong with our society. We put this pressure on people, but let alone people, especially, you know, Black women, especially. Like we, we, what, what do we do? We, we want, we want to use black people when they can benefit us, when oh, they yeah. can get us those medals, when they can win us those titles, when they can use their athletic bodies to the benefit of the, you know, our, our whitewashed country because represent USA. Oh, but yeah. then we want to do what, what do we do with those bodies as soon as they deem we just, they stick we up discard for them. We discard, discard them. And I think her story, it makes me especially emotional because I, I am thankfully not a victim of um, sexual assault, but I just cannot imagine that layer of hurt and trauma on top of being a black woman and not having a chance to heal because what, what true chance has Simone had to heal from all, all of this? She's, she's been going since it started. She has yeah. not stopped since this, this has started. And, I, I just, first of all, I just have such a passion for black women in general, because we are literally the backbone of society, but the way that the world treats us and discards us and, and literally uses us to their discretion angers me. It literally fills me with rage. And Simone is a true example of that. She's America's hero. She's America's sweetheart. She's great. She's the goat until... Yep. Until she needs to um, advocate for herself, until she needs a break, until she has to put herself before America's beloved gold medals. Right. There are literally grown ASS men who will sit on podcasts just like you and I are right now and talk about how she's less than a hero for putting herself, putting herself first. And literally not killing herself for, for our beloved America. Right. For the benefit of others. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. The amount of, I mean, of course it was to be expected, but it's, it should not be expected. It should not be expected that white men, particularly because there ain't nobody else. I mean, white men and probably some white women. Right. But you know, darn good and well that us black folks aren't out here saying Simone should have da, 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 da. No, we're not. No, no. We're saying, and this is what black women are 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 finally standing up and saying, I am no Literally. longer, no longer going to. Because the thing is, when you live in a country that disregards you and discards you, you mm. disregard you, you discard you. That's all uh -huh. you know. 
That's right. all you know. You don't know how to how to how to see yourself as worthy and as valuable because mm-hmm. the world doesn't see you as worthy and as valuable. It's that so bootstrap mentality. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which yeah. is rooted in white supremacy. We think if we just just keep working, just work through it, just work a little oh, harder. Yes. No, we, there's no working. You should a be able harder. to should be able to push through. You should be able to push through. Right. Pushing through is not healthy. Pushing, pushing through is what through. got us through years of generational trauma. Exactly. Pushing through exactly. is why, and why not we're even still getting healing. Through, right. And not even getting through it. Because, yeah, we've gotten through it. But is, is the word through really the right word? Because it's more like no. we stumbled through the generational trauma. Right. And thank we God found we our way through here, it. Find, <laughs> found our way kind of through the mud. And we come out on the other side full of the trauma. And it's you know, three times Stop more to trauma us. because generation upon generation upon you just adding more to it. So it's like, okay, mud and then more mud and then more mud. It's not like we actually walked through some sort of shower in the middle of walking through the mud. No, the mud is on us. We're just funky. Right. <laughs> like we're right. just covered. You know, that's we the best way to I've heard it. So trueness is not some sort of, you know, thing to be proud of. I mean, it, 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 I shouldn't say it. It's, it is something to be unfortunately proud of like yes we can be proud right. of our resistance etc but it's also like this isn't a good thing like we shouldn't have had to to do that like we deserve the shower it goes back to that Daily. word that that I literally probably am going to say every podcast how much I hate the word strength I it, yeah. it goes yeah. back to that it's it's that strength that white America has put on us placed on us that that adjective as strong I don't want to be strong I don't want Simone to be strong I want her to heal I want us to heal forget being strong strong doesn't get us healing strong doesn't get us us I mean it gets us through as you said but it doesn't does it really get us through I mean it's not real strength honestly it's not strength when when we're when we tell ourselves we're being strong because we are brushing things under the rug when we are not confronting things when we're just taking the pain, taking the pain and pushing through, that is not strength. That is continuing to, you know, I'm, I, I think of an, ex- okay. So, you know, uh, you have a glass window and you throw a rock at the glass window and it, you know, shatters a little bit or like the cracks start to come through, but it mm-hmm. hasn't actually shattered all the way. And so right. you just keep throwing rocks and it keeps breaking and keeps getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And so finally that last you know, it could even be the smallest rock, but because the pressure points, you know what I'm saying? It hits it at the right, right point and it's already right. shattered. That's what causes it to break, to shatter all the way through. It's the that's smallest one. one that actually does the largest damage because we never stopped and put the pieces, we never stopped and replaced the glass. We never actually, you know, we don't, we don't want to just glue it. We don't want to bandaid it. We want to just that's what, that's what our world wants us to do. Our world wants to put a big old piece of saran wrap right over that glass and say, right. fixed. Not the case. We actually have to take said glass, throw it away, and replace it with And replace glass. it. And then actually put like a protective covering around said glass and make it so that like even if rocks come and, you know, hit said glass, glass is fine. Um, right. That's true strength. True strength is the protection. True strength is the healing. True strength is is actually a, allowing yourself to be weak. That's why the, the Bible says, "I my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Lord can actually be strong for us if we do not be weak to allow him in to then replace ourselves with his strength. Like, mm. 
there's a reason why the world's ways are the opposite of the Lord's because the world operates in, is a fallen world and operates in the world of sin. So not to make this a church ceremony, a church ceremony, church episode, no, but, but it, it's true, you know, so that's time. why it comes down to that. Absolutely. So it's, we have a false definition of strength. And until we rewrite our definition of strength to actually be when I am weaker is when I'm stronger because when I'm weaker, I can get my help that I need. When I'm weaker, I can take a break and I can actually repair. I can actually, you know, put the piece of the puzzle or not puzzle, but put, put those pieces of glattered shit clips. None of that. <laughs> put the pieces <laughs> of shattered glass back, glass together. back together. There we go. You know, I can actually do this and actually be strong from the inside out, not just this fake strong that this lovely white supremacist society has told us is the way to get to success. Right. And I have a theory that I feel like white supremacy doesn't want black people to heal because the, oh my gosh, the amount of power and real strength and real resilience that black people would show from being a hundred percent healed. The world's not ready for it. Oh, for sure. The world. No, is I mean, the, the world, the world, they're, a, they're able to keep their power. By um, keeping us weak and by hurt. keeping us. Yeah. By keeping us broken. That's the only way, because I, I mean, I honestly do believe somebody may listen to this and specifically if you're a white person and you feel some kind of way, you may listen to this. You may even cancel me for saying it. I hope not. But um, I honestly believe that white people are so they know deep down inside mm -hmm. the beauty and the intelligence and the true strength not fake strength but the true strength of the black person they know that 100 so because of that they know that the only way to uphold their power is to use evil essentially which is why no they're one has Right, which is why they're not willing to divest from their whiteness and they continue to allow themselves to benefit from the systems of white white supremacy. Yep, exactly. Because they, they know darn good and well that if they ever did really level the playing field, really do the whole equity thing, right. really value black people, that just by, by nature we could, I don't want to say replace, but you know, it could very well be, you know, a, a power imbalance, a power imbalance, according to them, uh, because yeah. it, it shouldn't, that it shouldn't be that I mean that the whole, the whole theory of the, of the zero sum theory or whatever is that, of course, you know, when black people advance, it's to the detriment of white folks. You know, white people believe like, okay, well, if black people move into our neighborhood, the neighborhood will have less value. If black people, you know, start succeeding over here, then it'll take our power away or it'll take our place. And it's not that it has to take or should take anyone's place. It's that it should just be that we can do it together in a, in a perfect world and harmoniously, of course. And, and at this point, white folks have so much power that there really is no way, I, I don't think, to really just take it away from them but it, it should it, that's not our goal our goal is not like let's take all your power away so we can have the power and black people rule the world no it's like right. let's give black people the power that they deserve because when black people have power when brown people have power we all actually have all power <laughs> we all benefit because that's what we need um so yeah but i, I think that there could very well be like for example even though it wouldn't be taking 
power away from white folks. That's not the goal. And that would not happen. There could definitely be a point where if, if we really did what we were supposed to do, more black and brown and people of color are actually in power just qual uh, quantitatively than right. white people. Because, I mean, realistically, you know, we are the global majority anyway. We're, we're mm -hmm. only the minority in America and Europe, European countries. We think right. about it. The people of color are the global majority. It's only these two places <laughs> in America and in Northern America and Europe that we are not the majority. But because of colonization and slavery and immigration, we have these countries that are not just fully white. Um, you know, and, and, and it is what it is. Um, but I, I say that to say, like, because of that, because, I, you know, with... The, with more interracial marriages and couples and babies being born and, and everything else. And just the fact that we are the global majority, I think in general, I mean, they say that white folks are supposed to be the minority by a certain year in this country. Anyway, I forgot what that year is, but they're just, I've heard that, yeah. that white folks will be the minority. And I think they see that coming and they're terrified. They're like, Oh my gosh, we've been able to rely on being the majority. What are we going to do? I forget. So now we have it. to use we have to use our power and we have to use our systems and we have to use voter suppression and we have to use the, the abolishment of critical race theory and we have to use the denial oh. of this and we have to use all these different things. We have to continue with our legal right. systemic racism because that's the only power we have. So yes, we see it coming. We see, we see these people that we've already deemed as inferior. We think that they're less than, we think that they suck essentially. Gosh, we, they can't take our power. So we are going to continue to use a system that we have and use the fact that we've been in power this whole time. And we're going to make sure that even if they are the majority, they will still never see the the, the political authority being represented because we're going to make sure that, that they can't vote. We're going to make sure that they can't succeed mm. here. We're going to make sure that the education gaps continue and remain. We're going to make sure girl. that they never actually find out the truth about um, systemic racism in our country, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, that's, that's all. That's the only weapon they have. That's the only weapon they have. Right. And I, I forget who says this, but I read... Um, a quote a while back that says that uh, white people should be happy that black people just want equality and not revenge. And I thought about Ooh, how, yeah. oh, how true it is because we literally just, just want equality. We want to be represented in leadership. We want to be re represented in these systems that, that literally were created when we weren't even considered people. Let's, I mean, right. that blows my mind. That, that is what enrages me when I think about the fact that we were, what was it, three-fifths of a person at one point? Yep. Mm -hmm. And th those are the same systems that, I mean, yeah, they've been amended, but no, I need them to be thrown out. Right. Completely. And rewritten. An, amend an amendment is a band-aid. Right. The wound is still there. Right. The, the glass is still there. in the wound. You know, Absolutely. Bring it back to the glass. The glass. Uh, they put a little iodine like, on it, <laughs> put a bandaid on it, and told us. But we can't right. actually tweeze the glass out because if we did, no. then you'd really heal. Like, no, right. we'll leave the glass in there, and we'll just keep throwing band aids on top of it. It's fine. It's not. It's <laughs> not infected. It just, right. It's not. It You're feels fine. infected. It feels. You know, black people have tougher skin. So, like, yeah. come on now. We we won't get started on that in the in the medical fields. How we still have oh, that's another. That, well, but. don't worry, we'll have another episode about that. Um, but that said, let's bring it back to Simone Biles. I mean, let's bring it back. didn't she also have? Um, wasn't it what she couldn't score a certain uh, score because she was too good? Yep. 
Uh, yeah. So let's talk, let's talk about some of um, the, 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 the struggles that we face, even in that, even when we're good, we can't just be good because right. they don't want us to be better than. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the conversation. You just, that's right. the tweet right there. It's really- you, can be, <laughs> you can be good. You just can't be better than. Oh yeah. You can be just right under us. But she, she, yeah. she can't even yeah. score the the score that she deserves. Mm-hmm. I think it's the top difficulty score. They, they lower yeah. the threshold for the difficulty score. There's two scores, there's difficulty and there's execution. And they lowered the difficulty score, even though the, the skills that she was doing should have had a top difficulty score, a, a higher difficulty score than what they gave her, just, just so that she was not too much ahead of others. Yeah. I mean, that's the tweet right there. I mean, that's... It, that that is I mean that there's so many other ways that, that executes itself like I said that's probably another podcast episode oh that's um, but there's there's episode. so many ways that, that that executes itself and Simone knows I mean she's she's very she's definitely been vocal about it she knows she probably won't ever say racism as the word you know right. um but she and and it should shoot even though we know that's what it is she shouldn't have to she shouldn't have to mention it she shouldn't it should not have to be about that anyway you know mm. um but that yeah i mean she's she's definitely had the odds stacked against her and it it's obviously it it caught up to her i could i knew in my spirit this was going to happen and i didn't know how that going to be exact oh yeah for sure to know well, you're I, the best. i know she's got to be crushed right now right you know to know I, to know you're the best but to even make this decision like i think people just assume like she selfishly one day was like oh I'm taking a break because I need it. Like I, as a former athlete myself, that would crush me. Something that I love doing. Yep. And I have to take a break. I, I don't especially as a time. Like, oh, oh yeah. She's, she's probably, and that's probably even contributing even more to her inability to, to perform right now because right. she it's, it's, it's not that she's not, she's not choosing not to perform. She can't. Um, right. It's caught up to her. It's like when your trauma catches up to you, it manifests itself in the physical. When you don't take care of your mental health, it'll manifest itself in the physical and you will not have, like, when, if you do not sit down, your body will sit you down. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what has happened. You know, not that she needs to sit, she should have sat down before. I don't think that she should have um, stopped her career until she wants to stop her career. She has, she deserves nothing more than to add to her gold medals, all any kind of medal really, but to add to her gold medal count, to be on top of the world right now, to have been the dominant of the Olympics, as everyone to believe she that believe she would have and should have been she's the only one that deserved it as much as she did for everything that she's gone through not saying nobody else didn't not saying Sunni Lee didn't deserve a win not saying that you know no. you know they, you know thankfully yeah. since the, the 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 silver lining is that her stepping down is what gave other people an opportunity to win in a way that they probably would have not been able to before because she probably had she been at her best she probably wouldn't have been able to get all those gold medals and other everyone else probably would have came in second um and that's what she deserved. But, you know, like I said, silver lining, other people have been able to get their gold medal. She did recognize, like, hey, you know, I did have my time to shine at the Olympics in 2016. No one's ever going to be able to take away the fact that even though she didn't have her time right now, that she is still the greatest of all time. And what makes her even more the greatest of all time is this move. She is she's going to be remembered for something so much more than her medals. Now she gets to be remembered for the woman who changed gymnastics forever, who did. And, and she knew she was supposed to be on this team. You know, God when I don't know if she's a believer or not you know what I'm saying I don't know I, right. I can't I can't say that but this can definitely be a, be a metaphor how 
metaphor, excuse me, this can be a metaphor for how when we know we're supposed to do something, we know we have a calling, mm-hmm. but the way we don't know how the Lord's going to carry it out and more, the, more likely than not, it's going to be a way that we don't expect. She knew she was supposed to be on this team to make a difference in and in, in not in the sport itself. And that's yeah. exactly what she has done. But unfortunately, in a way that I think she's very proud of herself. I think she she's very sure of herself. But I also think I'm sure she's a little crushed because oh, absolutely. she should be, you know, she worked so hard to get to this point and she just couldn't get there. You know, it's, it's that I, I tweeted about this and I, I wrote about this on my Instagram the other day because I have experienced so much of that just almost, just almost. And something gets in your way, something gets in your way, something gets in your way. And it happens so much more to black women than anybody else. Like you just feel like you're work. You have to already work two or three times harder just to get to the same place. Yes. Which she that, has. that yeah. everybody else. And you still end up getting something blocking. I mean, I can't, like I said, I, I the way that she probably feels right now, no one else will be able to comprehend, but regardless, I'll say regardless of that, but in addition to that and acknowledging and holding space for all of that, she still changed the face of this, of this sport of the Olympics. She did something historical that we've never girls. seen before. She's, I she's, just think about the young girls. I yep. That makes me, I mean, not even just young girls. I'm a 31-year-old woman, and I am inspired more than ever. Like, if a, a freaking gold medalist can acknowledge, hey, I need to take time for me. I need to take care of my mental health. Surely, uh, us Black women need to take a look in the mirror and evaluate when we are about to reach our breaking points. Right. And yep. that's me as a grown woman. So I can't imagine that the, how she's teaching young black girls, how to set boundaries for themselves. And I'm so yep. grateful for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, one, this is, she's not a black woman, but one of the gymnasts in the Magnificent Seven, Dominique Mochano, I think it is. Um, she said that Simone um, withdrawing or saying, no, I forgot how she quoted it. Um, communicated or made the statement that abuse will no longer be tolerated in our sport. Mm which is huge. I mean, I the fact I that even, that. yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that gymnastics has seen so much abuse in and of itself. I mean, Simone is not the only one that's been abused by this sport. Exactly. It, the hundreds of girls that were abused by Larry Nassar alone, but there's other Larry Nassar's out there that aren't on public news. There's other gymnastics centers out there where they, there could have been other, maybe, maybe sexual abuse, maybe not, maybe just mental abuse, verbal abuse. You got to be skinny. You got to be this. You got to be that. I mean, sports like that. I was talking to my husband just last night. I was like, I really, my, my girls want to do gymnastics. They want to be Simone Biles. They look at her and they say, I want to do that. I Mm. love that. They love the tumble. They love the flip. And I'm like, all right, I'll make sure I get you into a studio where there's some black folks and black coaches, because I'm, what I'm not going to do is put you in a studio where white people expect you to look like them. And right. have to build like them. That's not what. That's what we're not going to do. And, and that's both with, beautiful like, and terrifying. With, it's exactly. And it's like dance too. Like I, I don't even want to put my children in dance. I don't want to introduce them to the world of dance because dance makes women feel like they have to be, you know, anorexic to be successful. And it's like these, these sports athletes. The pressure, you know. I mean, Naomi Osaka too, another woman of color, beautiful, oh, yeah. black and Asian woman who, same thing, said, "I'm not. I'm. We're gonna withdraw." I can't do this right now. I'm going to put myself first. I don't have, just because I'm Naomi Osaka doesn't mean that I have to be at every single competition if I'm not in my right mental state to do so. Um, and I just, I think about how racism leaks into every single, just sports as a whole. I mean, every aspect of life, but even sports as a whole, because me as a parent, I have two boys, but I just think about 
how the world has treated black athletes as a whole. And I'm like, do I want that even for my sons? Right. You know, my oldest is now about to turn 11 and, you know, sports are about to get a little bit more competitive. And I'm like, do I even want this for my sons? I mean, we've got the greatest basketball player of all, like right now of all time, LeBron James. And at one point they were telling him to just shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. You know, when he wanted to yeah. make statements about uh, racial equality or, or, or social injustice. So for me, it's I battle back and forth as a mother. What the, there's there's not wanting to deprive them of something uh, of, of being able to play sports and, and being able to be in a space that should be just as much theirs as anybody else's. And there's also wanting to protect them from just being entertainment for white America. Oh God. Yeah. And I, I, I battle with that and I know I can't protect them forever, but that's just, you know, that's just my heart. That's just where I'm at. Yep. I mean, it's, Oh, (sighs) yes. That's like, all I I mean, I was, I was, I was, uh, um, I was a tennis player. I was a, uh, not professional, but I was a competitive, very competitive, highly competitive tennis player for most of my life. And I honestly feel like if it just hadn't, if I hadn't been trained in such a way where, you know, to, to get the athlete to perform better, they, you know, yell at you and tell you you're the scum of the earth, probably would have had a better career. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I, and I was being, I was being trained by, I, I was actually in a, in a um, team of people of color, which was great. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, it's like you can love something so much. But as a child, when you're being told like you're you're you ain't worth nothing if you don't perform the best at everything, like that just damages nothing good we're doing. We're not teaching our children to persevere, and like we think we're teaching hard work and perseverance. It, we're traumatizing our hard our work and perseverance. <laughs> right, our hard work and perseverance really something that we should be teaching our children, or should we be teaching our children rest? Just like what that doing your best really just means doing what feels good to you. Like we need to redefine all of this because you can, we would probably be so much more advanced if we actually were just doing things from a healthy space versus doing things from a traumatic, you know, right. A traumatic right. space. And it, it starts, it all, it all starts with childhood. It all, it all really Absolutely. starts, with, you know, and we, we look at people like Simone, but I mean, it's, I will, it's white supremacy and, and comparison and all the things are so ingrained that like, you know, I've been watching Simone for months now, you know, prior to the Olympics and, um, you know, I was watching her Olympic trials and, and all I could say to myself while looking at her was like, I'm so ugly. Mm-hmm. I'm so ugly. I hate my body. I wish I looked like her. Mm-hmm. I need to get it together. If she can look like that, so can I. Mind you, I'm comparing myself to an athlete who's training like 10 hours a day. Right. Right. Today, you know, and, and I'm looking down at my tummy and I, I've always had issues with my body and especially with my tummy and, and just being like, you know, man, you're so ugly. That's that's all I said to myself was what, and I just I felt so just defeated, and also thinking to myself like, why couldn't I ever be great at something? Why can't I just? Oh be yeah. Good? Like oh, I, yeah. I I mean I've I had so many dreams. I had dreams to be like Serena Williams. I had dreams to be just great at something. I've always wanted to be great at something. I don't have to be the greatest. But I just want to be great at something because I I like Simone. I'm an adopted human being. And as an adopted human being, I feel like the worthiness of my existence is only based on my accomplishments. And so of course I know that that's, I have to learn that that's not true. And I'm learning that, but I also really like achieving things and I like work. I like, I just find it fun. Um, I, I, but I, I want to be good at the things that I love. I want to feel like I 
worth something. I guess worth is right there, but you know, I, I want to feel like, like I, like I just didn't suck, you know, and I've, I've gone my whole life of just feeling like I came in here a mistake and I suck. Like what's better, you know, like those are the right. two things that I've essentially felt my entire life. So, and that's, um, that's real. I feel like that's, but I also feel like that's a, a big reason why a lot of black children in general probably go into these sports. Oh, you know what I mean? If I could mm-hmm. just be the greatest at this, the world would love me. If I could mm-hmm. just, you know, be good at this, you know, maybe, maybe their, their home life would be better. Not realizing that white supremacy and uh, systematic oppression probably is affecting their home life. And them being is, great at a sport is, 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 is yeah. not probably. And them being great at something is not going to change that. You know what I mean? I, I read one time where they said the only time that the world's not afraid of a black man is when he's running football down the field and, or dribbling a basketball or dribbling a basketball down a court. And wow. Imagine the young black boys. Imagine the ones who have been told that they are bad every day. At they're not smart. Yeah, they're, they're bad not at smart. all of that. They think, that, bad. okay, well, if I'm not smart and I'm bad and right. all these things, and the only thing I'm good at, I'll I'm go be great. All I'm going to go focus on. I'm I'll be, be great. The next yeah. Be the next Kobe Bryant. That's the only way that they see black men being praised, being appreciated. And then, right. And then they're set up for failure because the percentage of, of, successful people entering into the NBA and the NFL is slim to none. So they're going in with these, these, these dreams, which it's great to have dreams, but also have a backup plan. And this is their only dream. This is the only thing that they've trained for the only thing that they care about. And so when they don't succeed, then what, then who's Mm -hmm. nurturing the failure of those dreams? Yep. Yep. I think the best way to wrap up this podcast, though, is number one. I mean, of course, Simone ain't never going to listen to this because she's Simone. Bias. If you do, girl, hey, girl. If you do, girl, we love, we love you. you. <laughs> um, you are amazing. No matter ma- matter what happens, she is scheduled to compete on Balance Beam. She has yes. dropped out, so she will be competing on the Balance Beam finals. So she still she dropped out of all around, and then there was a, so the individual each each event each apparatus has their own competition as well. So that's floor. She right. dropped out. She had dropped out of uneven bars. She dropped out of vault. And she has decided as of this morning, as us recording this on August 2nd, 2021, <laughs> that um, she will be competing in the balance beam final. So obviously we're recording this. We don't know what happens. We will know obviously um, by the time this airs, how she does and what happens with all, it doesn't matter what happens. I, I just pray that she's going out there just to compete for herself, just mm-hmm. to, just to have fun. Just and that she's she safe. Loves it and that she's safe. And that's all that matters. She does not have to win a medal to make us proud. We love her regardless. Um, and of course, you know, if something does something else does happen that is related to this conversation, we'll do a bonus episode, throw it up on our Patreon. And so um, those of you that are Patreon subscribers, you know, we do bonus episodes um, and bonus lives and all these kinds of great things that happen when you subscribe to our Patreon. So you can catch any any follow-up conversation that we have, which I'm sure there will be one because we will figure oh, out, sure. you know, what happens and something else may pop off or whatever. Um, but regardless of, you know, if anything does happen that we find deem worthy, we, we deem worthy of a conversation, we'll just do another one of these and we'll put it up on our Patreon. But until then, um, you know, of course, we're cheering on Simone. We're cheering on the rest of our athletes, um, especially our Black athletes um, that are competing in the Olympics. And we just pray that um, all of you all listening, regardless of who you are, what race you are, you know, whether you're a man or a woman or what have you, that you, um, we all just take a lesson from Simone. And that is that 
nothing is more valuable than our mental and physical health. We cannot do anything. We cannot be anything for anyone without that mental and physical health intact. So that is honestly, yeah, protect your peace, protect yourself. And when you do that, then you, then you can go move mountains. Absolutely. Well, I I think that wraps up this episode. So we will um, talk to you guys soon. Yeah. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to the Black Girl Voices podcast. If you loved today's episode, we would love it for you to leave us a five-star review. If you would like to support our work, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash blackgirlvoices or head to our show notes for the link. Lastly, we would love to hear from you. Come follow us on Instagram at blackgirlvoices and say hello. Remember, you are heard, you are seen, and you are loved. Your voice matters. You matter. See you next time.